Welcome to Five Strike Weekly, everyone. This week, well, this week, this happened. Atlanta United in just their second year of existence have won MLS Cup. Welcome to the show, Five Strike Fam. I'm AJ, this is Tanner McLeod. Before we get into it, become part of the notification squad by hitting the bell next to the subscribe button on YouTube or hop over from Facebook and subscribe. Yes, guys, welcome to a very special MLS Cup winning Five Strike Weekly. Oh boy, we are absolutely over the moon. And yeah, I mean, it's uh, something that Atlanta and us have all been waiting for for a very, very long time. But, uh, I mean, let's just get right into the match where, I mean, uh, we had an unchanged 11. And this unchanged 11 has been a rock throughout the playoffs. Um, you know, Escobar as a wingback. Garza as the left wingback. Um, you know, just the whole team just doing bits. And, uh, I mean, this this match was a dream. I, uh, I really did not know if... It was real the you know the morning after on Sunday. I mean, I am just uh, I'm in a dreamlike state. I mean, even now Monday after the parade, yeah. after everything, it's still just hard to just understand, believe that yes, Atlanta United are MLS Cup champions. We've won the league. We're the best there is. End of year two, perfect ending yeah. for all the players that have come so far. Perfect ending. For Gerardo Tata Martino, he has finally perfect. got that cup win, that league win that mm. he has been craving for a very long time. And boy, did they absolutely deserve it. Like you said, yeah. starting off with the 11, unchanged. You cannot blame him for sticking with that. They have done the yep. business all postseason. He's found the exact blend that Atlanta United needed to win. You know, mm -hmm. maybe it wasn't our our best, you know, beautiful attacking, attacking sense, play, yeah. but that was the most efficient Atlanta United has ever played in yeah. this postseason. They've done the job on two very, very good teams in the New York teams. And then they took really what I think during the moment we were very nervous. But when you go back and watch that match and step back and appreciate it for what it was, they absolutely took apart a Portland Timber side that looked like they didn't really even belong on that stage. And maybe that's yeah. some harsh criticism, yeah. but Atlanta United, a few chances aside, really the one Guzan save aside, mm -hmm. did not look at trouble at any point in time in this yeah. match. And as things wore on, it just looked more and more confident. But obviously, mm -hmm. at the moment, all of us were nervous. Everyone, especially when it's 80th minute, 2-0, mm -hmm. people were turning and going, well, this is our 28-3 if there ever was one. But that moment when we kind of got into stoppage time and everyone oh, kind yes. of realized... It's happening. It's happening. They're not going to catch us. It's happening. And man, just... Yeah, and you could see oh. Joseph Martinez and Miggy on the bench. They were, they were anticipating. They knew they it. They were all going to run onto the pitch uh, immediately when the whistle blew. I mean, that was a very, very long uh, stoppage time. I mean, we... It, it, it just, just it just went on. It just went <laughs> on. And you were just like waiting for it, waiting for it. You could see it on all the players. They knew it. You know, Parky just hoofs it. Yeah. But we really, before we can all really dive into all the celebrations, yeah. mm -hmm. we have to break down the individual moments of this match. And, right. and there were some really interesting points throughout this match. Because it was a fun final. It, it was uh, a good final. And honestly, clean sheet as yeah. well. Who would have expected that? Exactly. But to really get into it, obviously, you have to really start off with Joseph Martinez. For I mean, sure. he yeah. has been doing the business throughout the entire season, scoring yeah. all of the important goals. And of course, wouldn't you know it, 
it would be him that would open the scoring for Atlanta United. Absolutely. And, you know, it's uh, the captain putting in a just remarkable shift uh, and really just charging into midfield. And really, I mean, he just dispossessed uh, the defender. And, uh, I mean, the ball kind of ricocheted perfectly as a, almost a through ball to Jose Martinez where he rounds Atanella and just does what he does the very best of uh, of MLS, um, you know, for the 35th time this season, and just uh, puts it a plum. And, it's and I think, just, yeah, it's incredible. It's and the what thing Joseph that, does. It's exactly what he does. And yeah. I think something that maybe we take for granted, because you think of what he did and how it's routine, it's not easy. It's not, he kept yeah. his composure, he rounded the keeper, in and the it's not something that you can't even, you, you can't see it in real time. He takes a stutter step, sets yeah. himself, and mm -hmm. finishes from what is actually a tight angle. Yeah. Calm, composed, collected, everything the man represents, just like his celebration. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just like he did, take it, yeah. drop it. It was just the epitome of what that player is from his positioning, getting lost by defenders, mm. making keepers look silly, and yeah, I mean, scoring game-winning goals. He smoked the keeper. I mean, Absolutely. It was, you know. and, and he deserved it because earlier in the half, as Atlanta were really starting to grind down Portland and really starting mm. to open them up and create these opportunities, he had a shot for a penalty that I think a lot of us felt that he deserved. It, mm -hmm. it was a bit divisive. It was one of those calls that, of which there are multiple in this game that had people going, okay, maybe that could have gone one way or the other. I think but it's, it's a the final. very difficult call. It's the final. It's the very first uh, goal it would be. Uh, that's very difficult. to. I, I think to, it was really, really you know. close. And honestly, I, at the time, I really felt it was a penalty. Part of me wants it to be a penalty, but if, yeah. I, if I'm really being perfectly pragmatic, I don't think it was a clear and obvious error on the referee's part to mm -hmm. not allow it, which is why the VAR didn't overturn it. I think it was just right. one of those really close calls, and I can understand a referee it wasn't clear not and wanting obvious. to give it. And, and not to yeah. mention, think about the precedent that that would be setting for MLS Cup, where mm -hmm. that first goal was coming from a yeah. VAR penalty. I mean, you it would have been why. contentious. And, and Joseph looked frustrated after that, but in the end, mm -hmm. he did get that last laugh right. and got it land on the score sheet and gave them that vital 1-0 lead going into halftime. And even before that, I mean, this is how entertaining the game was, was that uh, Miguel Miron had a scissor kick that oh, yeah. nearly... Just one of those uh, that we forget about. Yeah, and uh, Atanella with a very, very good save. I mean, you know, props to, to him for uh, for saving it, but it, it was on, on frame. And, uh, it was I, I just on remember and, when, yeah. when the cross comes in and I'm seeing Miggy looking at it and you're thinking, yeah, kind of like, like is he about to... Ooh. And then he does it and you see him just flying through the air. And yeah. I mean, the cross contact he did scuff it but it's at the end of the day really good technique to bounce yeah. it into the ground it was going into that corner he it made keep the keeper make a save if that goal had gone in i probably would have absolutely <laughs> lost my mind i mean i did any of joseph's goal went in yeah. but if that had been the opening oh, goal right. from uh, that player he, oh, he would have added 10 million to, to his, his oh yeah just team. right there it's just like did you yeah. see the goal he scored in the final yeah with the bike but uh -huh. i mean Miggy, to, to speak on his performance in this game, without scoring or assisting, it was one of his best games that he played. And really, sure. he had a, he had an assist in the fact that he put the yeah. ball in for to it, Joseph it, for the second goal. It's so the hockey assist. It's the hockey MLS. assist. But yeah. he was on it this game. He A couple times, just his dribbling and his technique to send mm -hmm. players one way and cut it back the other, riding some of the tackles, drawing in players for fouls, finally getting Chara booked, which it felt like was due for ages. Mm -hmm. I mean... He had an incredible shift in what could potentially be his last game for the club. 
I thought he played incredibly well and did mm -hmm. himself justice and, and really gave us something to, to look back and smile upon for a final performance and, and did a lot and did everything that he was brought in to do. And I think right. that's one thing we have to talk about this game as a whole is that every player on that pitch at some point in time did exactly what they were brought to Atlanta United to do. Exactly. And I think one very clear example of that is Brad Guzan making that save right before halftime. Absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, if they had tied it up, uh, that would have been a very interesting second half for sure. And yeah, uh, and you really do not want to concede right before halftime. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Blanco just uh, doing what he does and able to put Santa a ball. times in that game, to be fair. I yeah. Mean, he did yeah, create he, a lot. He was, yeah, he was neutralized for for the most part. And But I, I, I remember seeing uh, their XG, if you, you know, getting a little nerdy. Uh, it was a little higher than our XG actually, which is interesting. But uh, it was probably because that uh, that chance was probably you know as good of a chance as any. Like I don't think Guzan really had any right to save it, and he absolutely just uh, had it covered. Um, and he was nimble as ever, as he always has been for uh, LA United. And I mean, he's uh, you know he's that he's nicknamed the Wall for a reason. And you know, uh, yes, he's been maligned at other places, but for Atlanta United, he has been money. He's absolutely been money. I think one thing you really have to give him credit for, and when you look at the stats, he's a middle of the pack keeper in MLS when it comes yep. to saves, because a lot of the time he doesn't have a lot to do. Yeah. And that's a very important and difficult thing for a goalkeeper to do is keep when you don't have a lot to do to keep that concentration up. Portland done nothing in the first half, except for maybe kick a few balls that landed in his penalty area for him to collect. There, there was not much that he had to do and then right after your team scores they get uh, a play just kind of ball bounces their way Ugh. and you have to be on your toes to keep your team in it and make that vital save mm -hmm. and from then on Portland had a few scuffed shots here and there, but nothing absolutely as clear-cut as that a header right at, right at the six-yard box. Yeah. You expect to score that goal, which is why, like you said, their XG is there, is because of that chance. And Brad Guzan was brought to Atlanta to make big-time saves in big-time games, and that is exactly what he did. Yeah, and, you know, just getting on uh, more about how this team was just, they showed up for this final uh, your much maligned Franco Escobar, there was a, a recovery chance where he had, he had uh, gone all the way to the box and you know he was he caught out all the way all the way all back. the way back and all beats the, way. the guy for the ball and you know gets it out. It's just you know he is one of the fastest guys on the team, uh, probably not with the ball, but yeah, definitely in a dead sprint. I mean, he has been absolutely incredible this postseason, and I he was much maligned. And, and to be fair, deserved, deservedly maligned. There were questions about his game during the regular season. Mm -hmm. But once he got to the postseason, he just found something. Yeah. Something happened, just like the rest of the team. He found something and became this just absolute force on the right-hand side. The, the, the reason Atlanta brought him here, the potential, the player right. they saw, he became that. And that allowed other players to play in a formation that honestly none of us thought would work. I yeah. mean, Jeff Lorenowitz was an absolute unit in this game. Absolutely. For his age, to come out and do what he did, winning every header he was pretty yes. much asked to yes. win, winning every tackle he was asked to make. I mean, even in, this, in the second half, mm -hmm. there was that one breakaway that he got called for a foul on. I went back and watched the game. He won the ball. It yeah. wasn't even a foul. And he's yeah. that was, he was in the position that all of us were concerned about. In space. Can he make the tackle? Right. Perfect tackle. Obviously gets called a foul. 
incredible uh-huh. performance from him, but he was allowed to be that player because of the help he got from Franco Escobar. Right. And not only did he contribute defensively, he pops up and scores that insurance goal that we so desperately needed mm-hmm. to take control of that match. Yeah, Franco Escobar, he's just uh, popping up always in the right places, uh, especially in the playoffs. And I mean, yeah, it starts off, uh, you know, especially with this goal that Jose Martinez wins this free kick. Uh, I mean, this is divisive. Uh, this is definitely so, that sticking point that, yeah. that you would hear Portland Timbers go to Giovanni Savarese say having a problem with throughout the post game yeah. that he probably still holds on to. My opinion, not really what decided the game, but I thought it was a foul. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the, the death knell in the game for them because there's just no coming back for them, uh, especially after this goal. But uh, I mean, it, it's, you know, if we break it down, it looks like, yeah, uh, that the defender wins the ball, but uh, they especially just really clatter into Jose Martinez. And uh, I mean, when, when I first saw it, I thought he got kneed in the back, but uh, further replay, it's not quite, uh, quite that, but there still is a just, you know, he's, covering him he's like legs all around his ribs it's just it's pretty dangerous i think i think what's um, interesting about it is for many people the reason it's so divisive that is i think it's how the game's kind of evolving it's mm -hmm. well he won the ball so he has a right to clean him out i think in this particular situation it's he wins the ball but it's how he wins the ball it's dangerous play his foot's in his chest and he goes around him and clatters him it's dangerous play he's yes he gets there but is it a safe way of getting there? And I think it's one of those ways with how the game is evolving, with how referees mm-hmm. call fouls now. In my opinion, I think it was a dangerous play, yeah. but I think the most important thing is you have calls like that all the time in yeah. games. What matters yeah. is when they're going against you, how you respond. And I think mm-hmm. something you know to really start, like you said, breaking in down this goal is how Atlanta had approached it. They had done the the fake with with, oh, with sure. Miggy, cross with Gressel, mm-hmm. and then with this one, fake with Gressel, fake with Gressel yeah. cross with Miggy. Yeah, and it's uh, it's something that Atlanta United have been really, really clinical with uh, in set pieces in the playoffs. It's just, Who uh, knew? yeah, I mean, it's a team that really didn't score very many goals from set pieces uh, or corners or any of those um, during the regular season. And all of a sudden, we're just, uh, we're this kind of, Almost smash and grab a little bit, but uh, you know it's definitely it's just a beautiful ball from Miggy, uh, and Joseph knows exactly what to do with it. He you know uh, just pretty much heads it backwards to the back post, and Escobar is in the perfect spot to just clinically put it in. I think what's really interesting when you talk about how Atlanta have been so clinical offset pieces all of a sudden. What's interesting is that was Portland's bread and butter for how they beat teams. They were good on attacking set pieces. Yeah. That's how they scored their goal against Atlanta earlier this season. And then we're doing that. But on this particular set piece, especially having faked it the other way earlier, yeah. when you see Gressel step to the ball, the Portland back line drops and they can't get things back on side and back right. reorganized before Miggy hits the ball. So by the time Miggy hits the ball, somehow the uh-huh. one person on Atlanta United you absolutely have to mark in the box. Especially for headers. Goes unmarked and free. And then the credit to Joseph Martinez, you're a goal scorer. For many goal scorers, they have a free header. They're going to try to put it on target Mm -hmm. and take that goal for themselves. But he unselfishly flicks it to the back post Mm -hmm. or Escobar, like you said, finds himself unmarked, bad marking on Portland's part to get that better, not the referee's fault. And he just goes right in and scores that goal. And I mean, at that point for me, I think that was really where 
the game almost ended in a sense because Portland hadn't so. really created much from there. Yep. But after that point, Atlanta United, in my opinion, always we looked coast. like the next team to score. Yep. It looked like when Atlanta United want to cut through Portland and create a chance, they mm -hmm. did create those opportunities. There were multiple times where the chance for the break and to get that third was on, mm -hmm. but they decided, no, we don't have to. We can control the game. And a lot of the time you saw that call being made by Darlington Nagby, who just yep. turned and looked and said, you know what? We've got the ball. I've got the ball. You can't get Where's it off of us. Yeah. He would turn, pass, mm -hmm. and then the ball would circulate and we would absolutely just pass Portland to death yep. until we decided, do we want to make a chance? Or we made a mistake, uh -huh. lost the ball, and then won it back again. And yep. it, it just didn't look like Portland at any point in time, even as they made their changes, we're going to get back into that game. Right. And I think it's a, a major part of that is Eric Rometty, who, I mean, you didn't really hear much from Diego Valeri at all in this match. And, you know, Rometty, uh, Nagby and Gressel are the reason why for sure, but I think Rometty, uh, to single him out for sure, he did what he was brought here to do was to shut down playmakers on teams and, you know, I mean, he's done that all playoffs and especially in this match. Uh, on Valeri, it's just, yeah, he was anonymous. I mean, I mean, but it's like you said, it's been that way all playoffs. Former Kaku, MVP. Kaku, who heard of him? You know, yeah. Maxi, uh, what was it? Maxi Morales. Morales, yeah. who heard of him? Where yeah. was he? I mean, he absolutely took these fantastic players and made them non-starters. Nothing happened. Yeah. And I think, you know, it was a really interesting comment that I was having with the, the gentleman in front of me at the game, uh, who, funny enough, said that they watched the show. Thank you for watching, guys. But they made a great point about how you really have to be there in person to appreciate Eric Rometty because yeah. he's not the player that you really can appreciate when you watch it on TV because mm -hmm. you don't see all the little things that he does. Right. From taking up defensive positions when players like LGP move forward to marking those guys out of the game to making those mm -hmm. tackles and then his passing to be able to move the ball around and yeah. switch possession. I mean, he's he's not a flash player. He's almost like our version of N'Golo Conte in a sense where he runs around, breaks up play, wins mm -hmm. the ball, and it's not the, the most you know, flashy thing, but right. it is incredibly crucial and important. And I think coming into this season, losing Carlos Carmona, you go, well, who steps in and how does this role mm -hmm. get fixed? Well, Eric Hermetti comes in mid-season. What a signing he yeah. proved to Arguably, be. Arguably uh, a little bit better on the ball than Carlos Carmona. And um, yeah, maybe not as hot-headed as uh, Carmona could be at points. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe even evident in the first match against Red Bulls uh, in the, the inaugural season. But yeah, Rometty, I mean, he hasn't really been like too heavily booked throughout the season as well. I mean, well, sure, a player that plays the way that yeah. he plays, that's incredibly important. He's a bulldog-like player mm -hmm. who just is going to be physical with you and is going to just give you what what you don't want to get in that physicality and that getting bumped off the ball. Mm -hmm. Not to mention, I think the best part of this game was after a foul was called, not called, he looks Diego Valeria square in the eyes and just does the like crying <laughs> thing. I mean, Eric Rometty has absolutely won my heart. Mm -hmm. What a player that guy is. And yeah. just... You know, again, like everyone else in this game yeah. did exactly the job they were asked to do. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it made those last few minutes, even though at the time we were nervous, we were in complete control yeah, of that it, game. Yeah, it was a it was a different like type of uh, mixed feeling of nervousness, I think. It was a, you know, oh, we just don't want to collapse, but we think we have this game. And so that's where it's just like, you know, Atlanta sports curse is a creeping back in the back of our minds, but 
I think, uh, you know, as the, the stoppage time winded down, it was just, uh, you know, pandemonium, of course. Oh, everyone started feeling but. it. But I think, <laughs> honestly, one of the biggest words of the night came before that final whistle. Mm -hmm. And that was when you saw Joseph Martinez getting subbed off, yep. Portito Vijalba, who came on and once again dribble tackled three players and almost <laughs> scored, as yep. he has been doing all playoffs. Mm -hmm. You get a great reception for him. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, when Miguel Almiron comes off around the 85th yeah. minute for, for I think it's on Marco, purpose. Yeah. I mean, you give him that curtain call. Yeah. He did that. He made the walk, applauded the fans. Mm -hmm. It did seem like a goodbye. But man, just to watch what he's grown into and become and the player that he was that no one had really heard of, but just became our number 10, won our hearts. It was just incredible. And like you said, those last few minutes when everyone looked around and realized, holy crap, this is about to happen and just counted down the seconds until that referee blew that whistle and that 25 year wait from the city of Atlanta. 23. 23. My bad, 23, yeah. 20 plus year 20, wait. Yeah, 25 would have been. Uh, oh, that 23 year wait for the city of Atlanta since yeah. the 95 Braves came to an end and Atlanta became a city of champions. And man, that moment was special. Yeah. It, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I broke down in, uh, in tears a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just, just a beautiful, beautiful moment because, I mean, and in terms of uh, just what it really means to Atlanta, it's it's something that we've had to deal with a lot of uh, the, you know, uh, just ribbing from people on social media in person, um, you know, Falcons, the Braves, the Hawks. It's just been kind of mediocre to bad for a, a pretty long time. Uh, but the and the Braves, obviously, they like strong uh, 16 year uh, division winning streak, but only won one. It's it's something that, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think uh, what it really means for Atlanta is that, uh, you know, it shows that we can break through. We can uh, win things in a very dominant fashion and not uh, have to be squeaky bum the entire time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, and I've kind of spoken on this on Twitter and Instagram and things, mm -hmm. I'm not from Atlanta. Like many Atlanta United fans, you know, mm -hmm. this, club, a lot of this club yeah. has given us something to really latch onto. And for me, for a lot of reasons, made Atlanta feel like a home. Yeah. I mean, you know, moving here two years ago, uh, moving to a new city, even though I'm only from South Carolina, it's still a big kind of scary thing. But Atlanta United has given me so, so, so much that I honestly never would have expected. And honestly, right. just thinking about it right now makes me a little bit emotional. And it's just yeah. like, you know, I can never truly understand or appreciate the suffering that the yeah. city has gone through with sports and, and these heartbreaks after heartbreaks because mm. I'm, I'm not a fan of the other teams. I'm, yeah. I'm not. But to see what it means to these people in the faces, to see these grown men breaking down in tears, <laughs> just to see and experience everything in the stadium after, even with the weather being terrible outside. And then again, yeah. today at the parade, you know, everyone just, and we'll get into the parade later, but just mm. seeing what it means to everyone it's really, really special. And we really have an incredible club mm -hmm. that is revolutionizing the way that Americans look at soccer and what soccer can mean to a community. And I think now, especially now with this title, when you talk about the city of Atlanta and what happens in Atlanta, what's important to the culture of Atlanta, yeah. if someone came here and had no idea what it was, mm -hmm. one of the first things that you would have to talk about would be Atlanta United. Yes. And for me, I think that 
That's is, huge. is so, so huge and cannot be said enough. It's mm -hmm. just what that team has done to this city mm -hmm. and for them to win that trophy in, in just two years with the way that they've played. Yeah. They've, they've transformed the game. They've transformed the mind of how people look at it. It's mm -hmm. just... It's incredible. Right. I really just can't put it into words. Yeah, and you know, there's that, uh, I, I believe it's Jeremiah Oshan uh, SB Nation article that uh, initially when the team was announced uh, for Atlanta and MLS, uh, you know, he was slating what uh, a bad sports town Atlanta was and uh, really questioned pretty on a large scale, would soccer work in Atlanta? And I think, yeah, yeah. I think we have an answer years, to that. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely a very affirmative yes. Uh, are you crazy? What were you thinking? Uh, but, I mean, I get the trepidation earlier, but, I mean, it's now we are far and away but, just uh, But I think now, I mean, yeah. you got to look at it now. It's like, yeah, we've got that championship, but you also get the vibe from everyone that, we yeah, we more. did, but guess what? Now the real work begins because uh -huh. there is firmly a target on Atlanta United's back. Yeah. The league wants to come after us. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants us to fail for sure now. We were right. the darlings, but now we've yeah. got that win. Now it's like, okay, now will you be typical Atlanta? And if they don't win next year, will the fans stop coming? Mm -hmm. Now it's our job as fans. We know the front office is going to put the work in. We know the players are going to put mm -hmm. the work in. Yes, Hotel Martino's, yes, Martino's yeah. moving on, but now it's our time. Now that we've won to get better, to mature, to get mm -hmm. stronger, to back our new manager, whoever it is, mm -hmm. and to be this club that says, okay, yeah, one's nice, but we're gonna win more. We want yeah. two, we want three, we want four. We wanna be the record holders. We wanna catch mm -hmm. the galaxy. Oh, absolutely. We want to be the they team. They have nine. We wanna be MLS the cups, record yeah. holders mm -hmm. for having the most MLS cups. I mean, right now you got, you know, DC with four, I definitely want to catch them. Yeah. You've got Galaxy that have five. Yeah. I mean, we we gotta catch them. And mm -hmm. I think you see the determination from the front office mm -hmm. with the moves they make, how they want this thing run from the owner. I mean, you gotta talk about Arthur Blank. Going back to the very beginning of the game, that dude comes in and smacks home probably one of the best golden spikes of the season. Absolutely. Looking yeah. like he's 25 years old up there on that stage, <laughs> ready to do it. Looking spry. I mean, sure. looking spry on the stage. I mean, on the capo stand after mm -hmm. the game. I think it, I mean, yeah, you it, see what it means to him. And when right. you have an owner like that. Uh -huh. Yeah, and he he inspired I think the the performance as well. I think that's what the uh, the golden spike is supposed to do. It's supposed to really uh, set the tone for the match. And you know, I think the last two choices have been just stellar. Big boy, uh, Arthur Blank. I mean, it's uh, yeah, he's hit the spike before, but and I think we were all speculating who was it going to be? Who's going to be? And when you see, well, you first hear uh, "Welcome to Atlanta," and you think, okay, ludicrous. Well, that makes sense. That's cool. But then you see Arthur Blank pop up, and it's like, it couldn't be more better. It's a great bookend type of uh, feel, and it's just, uh, yeah, it was uh, that emotional, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, yes, uh, Arthur Blank owns the Falcons as well. Like, yeah, they have to do it. They ha We have to win. Like, and it's, so it's, uh, it's one of those things that, I mean, uh, you know, I, I think... We we gotta. We, I think we gotta move on. Yeah. Uh, we gotta. I mean, we, we can we can keep waxing lyrical <laughs> yeah. on this all day long. But I, I think the next thing you know, Joseph Martinez wins wins MVP. Yeah. But for me, you know, my MVP for the game, you know, my man of the match, mm. also Joseph Martinez. I mean, yeah, let's yeah. be honest. It's, it's hard to go against. Goal and an assist. 
you know, big-time players make big-time right. plays in big-time games, as it was once said about American football. Well, I think you could absolutely take that and translate that to Joseph Martinez. Right. I mean, end of the season, it's like, well, he hasn't scored in a while. He's out of form. What's going to happen? Get to the playoffs. Four goals. Mm -hmm. Gets to the final. Goal and an assist. That's exactly what you want from him. Mm -hmm. Who was ever worried about form? Form is temporary. Class is <laughs> for permanent sure. for Joseph Martinez. And he's shown to be absolute class when he's been in MLS. And uh, I think... We've scored nine goals as a team in the playoffs, uh, only conceded one, which is just crazy. Uh, and that's really what brought us here is just our well, stout two. defensive, or two, two, I'm sorry. But, oh uh, man, only a plus seven goal difference. Yeah, right, nine, exactly. Four, two against in and, five uh, matches, shame. <laughs> and Jose Martinez has scored four in the playoffs. I mean, you know, uh, it's one of those, the old adage that goals wins games. I mean, it's the hardest thing to do in the game. And uh, he's done it, and he's done nearly half of them, uh, pretty much. And yeah, I mean, that has to make him uh, at least man of the match in this one because of the goal and the assist. But uh, for me, also just man of the playoffs. Yeah, he's absolutely incredible. For me, if I had to go for a man in the playoffs, though, I'm going to eat and take back every word I have uh. ever said bad about my newly crowned St. Franco Escobar. <laughs> That man, I mean, he completely was a player transformed in this playoffs. I mean, every bad thing I ever said about him, especially on the attacking side, he completely flipped the script. He did yeah. everything we needed from him, from tracking back to contributing on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, as an attacker, he's a wing back, like you got from Gressel, but he gives you a little bit more, I think, in the air, mm. offset pieces. I mean, and it allows Gressel to move into another position. By Gress, I mean, by, by Escobar becoming this player, it enabled everything else kind of to move into position as right. well. So for me, Escobar is just absolutely incredible, but mm -hmm. it's so hard to give it to one person, whether it be Joseph or Escobar, because right. Parky and LGP, absolute yeah. units. Lorinowitz, unit. Rometty, Gressel, and Nagby the partnerships. the midfield. Yeah, the, the partnerships in this, uh, in, in this team were what was so crucial that got us the MLS Cup. Because the partnership between LGP and Parky, uh, it and was Lorenowitz. just yeah, and Lorenowitz, uh yeah, for sure, uh, coming in, you know, as that three man, it's you know that that uh, just it was just a, a wall in front of uh, Guzan that was very difficult to penetrate, and then you have the three man uh, you know midfield combo of uh, Gressel, Nagby, and Remetti, and it's just uh, you know the playmakers can't get past that. And so, yeah, I mean, and then you have the the strike force. Uh, you, you know, have your wing backs, both yeah. both both Garza and Escobar yeah. contributing down the wings. And like you said, sure. you have the two best players in MLS. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> according to the MVP voting, yeah, which we'll get to as your attackers going in and creating absolute havoc for teams. Yeah. And I mean, the credit for all of that mm. and everything you saw from this team has to all get turned around and go right back to the manager because mm. they were a complete reflection of what Tata Martino wanted, and they right. did exactly what he wanted. Right. And I am so glad that uh -huh. he got to get that cup win as his last game in charge so, for Atlanta So deservedly, because yeah, I mean, he, uh, yeah, we were sputtering a little bit in, into the playoffs. Yes, the Toronto match, uh, I think, was definitely the wake-up call. And uh, the fact that we got more pragmatic, the fact that, I mean, you know, uh, Mark from the fan cams maybe even uh, mentioned, uh, yeah, is he playing, a, you know, just a red herring with his uh, tactics and, you know, formation um, just to, you know, kind of prep for a team like Red Bulls? I mean, it certainly seemed like it, but because, uh, I mean, I, I think, though, uh, it was that lesson learned and then he 
just changed everything up to the perfect T where, you know, we became this cup team where, you know, uh, you have to get hot, you have to be able to play stout defense and, uh, you know, score timely goals and be efficient in front of goal. And that's just exactly what we did. So basically for whoever the next manager of Atlantean it is, look at our <laughs> MLS Cup and then take that and put it in the CONCACAF Champions League and sure. let's lift that trophy come May. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. But uh, yeah, I think uh, we'll, we'll put that bow on this uh, MLS Cup final and just it's just beautiful days for Atlanta. Yes. Oh, it feels nice, doesn't it? Oh, man. man, winning a cup is nice. Yeah. It would be bad if you were a fan of a team that we were rivals with that yeah. never made the playoffs. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and on that note, on that note, let's uh, let's get into the news. Uh, you know, so Joseph Martinez, he has been announced as the MVP. Uh, we didn't get to cover this last week uh, because it was announced on a Thursday. But uh, yeah, I think he won with like 40 something percent of the uh, the vote. And, you know, second to him was Miguel Amiron, and that's just, uh, I mean, it, it's just they, they tried to split but, the vote, and they did, yeah. <laughs> and we still finished first and second. Yeah. So, what does that say? It says, well done, front office. You hit two home runs on yeah. two absolutely incredible players that had absolutely incredible seasons for absolutely. Atlanta United. Yeah, I mean, and Joseph Martinez just had just a ridiculous season. But, I mean, uh, let, let's let's run through his 2018, shall <laughs> exactly. we? Exactly. Let's, uh, okay, so Golden Boot winner, okay. uh, MLS MVP, you know, MLS Cup MVP for sure, MLS Cup champion, all right, uh, All-Star Game MVP, uh, only person to score in the uh, you know All Star game, and you know as uh, an MLS player, I mean, it's uh... oh, oh, also don't forget the <laughs> fact that not only did he win Golden Boot, mind you, uh -huh. didn't he? Oh yeah, yeah he set a new records. single season record for yep. most goals in a season, mm -hmm. and then kept that goal scoring form mm -hmm. and set a new record for total goals in a single season, including right. the playoffs, with a total I of fifty four, I believe, and... uh, fifty four over two years now. Yeah. I'm thinking he's been a pretty good signing for Atlanta United, and I'm thinking uh -huh. he probably deserves that most valuable player award. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's people that, that think that Miguel Miron uh, might be uh, a good shot for that. I mean, absolutely, he's, you know... He's an uh, incredibly crucial player. Yeah, but... Forwards and backwards, <laughs> he's uh, he's definitely the guy uh, that you count on to, to create the chances and, and whatnot, but... You know, you gotta have a guy to finish these chances, and it's the hardest thing to do in the sport. And, and when you set records like that, and you just look at that ego, yeah, yeah that's probably a pretty fair result. Indeed, indeed. But uh, yeah, during the uh, the MVP announcement ceremony, uh, yeah, he got a little emotional. His uh, grandma and grandpa were in attendance. Um, the the notorious grandpa. Yeah. Oh yeah. Lovely dude. I it's a guy I want to have a, a drink with for Absolutely. sure. I wish I spoke Spanish but, uh, fluently because yeah, if right. I did, I just want to just sit down and just listen to this guy just uh, talk. And he probably mercilessly make fun of us as well. Probably, oh, but. he sounds just like an absolute <laughs> champion. But uh, yeah, and so uh, I mean, he uh, he's kind of spoke initially in English and it was very endearing. Uh, I mean, he tried and he's I think he's, he's better usually than. Than there, but he he, you know, he definitely made the, the point of he felt more pressure <laughs> speaking in English than he did taking a penalty in yeah. front of seventy thousand plus. Right, fans. exactly, and it was just a, a bunch of media in front of him. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know, English is not your first language. It's but difficult. What a guy. Yeah, and then uh, he finished it off uh, in Spanish and had some really emotional uh, things to say. He said. I have a lot to say, I have a lot of emotions. I'm not someone who cries easily, but when I see my grandmother, sometimes I cry. It was a very uh, heartfelt moment for sure. Um, I mean, and it's uh, it's one of those things. I mean, he uh, he's 
kind of yeah he said he called him he liked uh, likened himself to an onion as well where you know he's he said he's got layers uh, the person that he's maybe uh, seen as on the outside you know he, he's basically a big softy on the inside he, he definitely mean. is a big softy on the inside yeah. you can tell even though he refuses to show it in his goal celebrations yeah. but I actually love his goal celebrations oh, yeah. so I think much swag the, the best part though of the whole press conference though is the way he ends it. Yep. See you later, alligator. <laughs> grabs his award and walks off. What a guy! Uh, and then, and what then a he just, and then you know, everyone had rumors about. Well, what's he going to do? Is he going to stay in Atlanta? And he just, he's like, Atlanta's home. I mean, yeah. his Players Tribune article a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. He loves it here. He's happy here. I think he's definitely happy after seeing you know the reception he got at the parade today after oh, winning. For sure. You know, he's at home Chance here. He has MVP. said that he wants to stay here as long as he can. Right. And I think for us. It's just paying him. But it's just which he deserves every dollar. And I think Mr. Yeah. Blank will give him yeah. any dollar that he wants I think he's on, he deserves it. Yeah, he's on a $1.6 million contract. And there's some guys in the league, like maybe Rooney, like, uh, you know, players uh, like Zlatan, that. Zlatan, Jose uh, Zlatan, Altidore. Uh, Zlatan's on Tam, actually, so it's well, not, not yeah, as bad. But yeah, definitely Altidore, Michael Bradley, Jovinko are making ridiculous money. And they ain't doing what Joseph's doing. Nope. So. so whatever he wants, just give it to him. Let him stay here because that's yeah. good news for us and very, very, very bad news for the rest of Major League Soccer. Indeed, indeed. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and in terms of, there's a, a another fantastic stat that uh, you know Joseph Martinez is uh, in very fine company for. Uh, there's five players to win the regular season and MLS Cup MVP awards in the same season. Tony Miola of the Kansas City Wizards, Carlos Ruiz of the LA Galaxy, Guillermo Barros-Galoto, a little interesting uh, guy him later. Uh, of the Columbus Crew, Robbie Keane of the LA Galaxy, and Joseph Martinez. I mean, it's just uh, just, just legendary stuff, really. And he joins Carlos Ruiz as the only player in Major League Soccer history to win an MLS Cup, win MLS Cup MVP, score an MLS Cup, be the MVP of the league, and win the Golden Boot by leading the league in goals. Yeah. That is some very fine company indeed. Rarified for sure. Joseph Martinez, <laughs> give yourself a bow, yeah. and a round of applause. We, we're we're just, 2018. We're, we're just, not worthy, guys. We're not worthy. Just. Absolute legend. Yeah, and keep it up uh, because we have other trophies to win and you know other trophies. I'd like to, to see him get in the habit of lifting more and more trophies. Absolutely, yeah. Because that photo, uh, it never gets was, old. Yeah, when when he had five trophies in front of him. And he said, the king is finally happy. Yeah. And, and for me, you know, <laughs> I'm an unabashed Manchester United fan. There's only really one player that I can remember being called the king, and that was Eric Cantona. And honestly, it's kind of crazy. They play a little bit different games. Very different, but Joseph yeah. Martinez has a lot of Eric Cantona about how he yeah. kind of, especially the celebra- confidence. his confidence, the celebrations of just being like, yeah, yeah. I'm the one. Yep. If there had to be a king of Atlanta right now, I mean, obviously, they're... We're not getting into music, obviously, but sporting-wise, if there was a king, king. undisputed king, I'm fine with that. Let's, we can take that with whatever we want and make stuff with that. But he's the king. Absolutely, bow down to Joseph Martinez. Yeah, incredible season. But uh, so you know that gets us to the end of the season moves uh, for the for the team. Uh, The roster shakes out uh, a little bit like this. I won't get into all of it. You'll see on the screen, Uh, but. We, uh, we basically kind of let go some guys that, uh, you know, uh, maybe won't be surprising, but uh, there is one big name that is pretty surprising, but uh, we'll, we'll get uh, to him in a second. But uh, Mitch Hildebrandt, uh, Sal Zizo, Oliver Shannon, and Andrew Wheeler-Aminu are, uh, had their options declined. 
But the big one is Michael Parkhurst, who, yeah, I mean, he's the captain. Uh, I'm sure some of you guys are perplexed, like, how could we just leave him uh, and, uh, you know, hang, hang him out to dry after an MLS Cup win? Uh, I mean, I get it, I get it. But it's uh, it's one of those, they, uh, they did come out and say that they are negotiating with Michael Parkhurst afterwards. Uh, probably just something that's a little bit better terms for everybody and maybe something to target uh, our next thing, which is the expansion draft that they're probably trying to... Uh, keep figure them out from. their way of yeah. how to, to get things around. Last year, obviously, we saw the whole LAFC draft pick trade, don't touch the Renowitz type thing. But, I mean, mind you, the expansion draft is only five rounds. You can only pick one player from a team. So we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get into more of that in a second. But I think with, with the roster moves, you know, they're, they're not really shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, one player that, that I wouldn't have mind seeing stick around is definitely Andrew Willieramanu. Mm-hmm. Um, he Such didn't utility. play a lot, but when he did, I thought he played consistently well for the team playing, as you said, utility man, wherever you needed him. Minnesota, the game in Minnesota particularly yeah. springs to mind when he played we very, really very, yeah. very well there. Yeah, come in literally in the cold. In the cold, no. yeah. And he, he put in a shift to help Atlanta and secure three points there and mm-hmm. you know I feel you know his family a, is just fantastic yeah. but mm-hmm. it's part of the business you know yeah. it's just one of those business things and I wish him luck moving forward he absolutely deserves a chance with another major league soccer side mm-hmm. whoever picks him up they I think they'll get a lot from him I think he's a player mm-hmm. that if he could play more, could develop maybe yeah. a little bit more into to a solid MLS player. But you just look at the players in front of him and you just go, yeah, well, they're, 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 it was difficult. So, yeah. But that's just one of the, the sides of, of, mm-hmm. of the sport that, that you know, you, you're going to have to swallow. Right. And, uh, you know, a player like Mitch Hildebrandt, uh, yeah, he didn't really see a lot of playing time. And, I mean, it's a guy that... Uh, at FC Cincinnati, he was this uh, great shot stopper. It looked like, at least in the uh, the highlights, we didn't really ever get to see that. So, uh, you know, it's well, one of those. When I mean, you have a guy like Brad Guzan, though, yeah, again, keeper's yeah. a position that you don't really have to rotate. Yeah. And when you got a guy like Big Brad between the sticks, well... And Alec can, you know, uh, right behind him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, so, it's difficult. But, um, you know, what has happened, though, is, uh, you know, in the expansion draft, uh, we have to choose 11 players. And Atlanta United have... Uh, pretty much announced who they have uh, exposed protected. and uh, yeah, and protected. What's good, all my fellow five stripers out there? I hope you're still feeling like a champion, rowdy, and proud from the parade in Atlanta. We just hoisted the cup. It's amazing. Put a star on my kit. Silly season has begun. Today was the MLS expansion draft. FC Cincinnati coming into the league next season had the opportunity to take five new players from every single one of the clubs in MLS. Uh, every club had the opportunity to protect or not protect a player. And uh, some big names on Atlanta United were available. They opted not to take any during the draft, but it looks like we've traded away Greg Garza. I'm not happy about this. But it was a big boatload of money and uh, $450,000 in GAM and TAM, general allocation money and targeted allocation money. The opportunity to possibly buy down a DP, offer maybe a new contract to somebody like a Tito Viaba or a Julian Gressel. It also clears the way for 16-year-old mega player George Bello to step directly into the starting lineup and also deputize Mikey Ambrose for Champions League games, U.S. Open Cup games, the occasional spot start. Um, it's always going to hurt to lose somebody from this team. The 17s, you know, the, uh, the first <laughs> Atlanta United 1.0, you know, all of our Warriors that we've lost. It hurts. It always, it's it's going to hurt to lose anybody that won, you know, a championship here, especially just a couple days after it happened. But... You know, like I said, it, it clears the path for a George Bello, and uh, we'll see where we go. I, I fully trust uh, Darren Eels and Carlos Bocanegra. I hope you feel the same. Like I said, silly season has begun. We're going to be making moves. There's all kinds of moves 
Will we bring back uh, Michael Parkhurst? That's a huge contract question. This is your boy at Devin for real, at D-E-V-O-N, the number four, real. Uh, AJ and Tanner, I'm gonna send it back over to you. Uh, next piece of news is that Tata Martino becomes the very first South American head coach to win the MLS Cup. And uh, that's pretty remarkable, actually. Uh, when you think about think how about long that, the league's been around. Well, this yeah, game was going to get that regardless, whether it was yeah. Atlanta or Portland that won. Yep. Obviously, we're glad the good guys won. Absolutely. And to send Tata out that way. I mean, mm. that's just another piece of history for him, for right. a manager that already has a glowing CV right. and has done so many great things in football. Mm -hmm. I mean, And to, to send him out this way as well. I mean, th this was the last match for Tata Martino. And unfortunately, yes, now he is uh, moving on to you know the rumored Mexico or wherever he's going but uh, I mean we just wish him well because he has absolutely he's in that territory I feel like of uh, earning a statue or There's at least plenty a of space around Mercedes-Benz Stadium or yeah. I don't know I mean maybe another thing that I don't know if we'll ever do just maybe for soccer purposes like renaming sides of the stadium yep. you know have like a Tata Martino like have, make stand. the supporter section yeah. not the supporter section but the Tata Martino stand uh -huh. that would be really Except cool it's not a stand I guess so it's I guess a section. it's more of a section but yeah. you know what I mean just something like that I would absolutely love yeah. to see him back for a golden spike for a big game whether yeah. it be like a CONCACAF Champions League final or MLS absolutely. Cup final or something like that if you brought Tata Martino back to hit the golden spike that'd yep. be like oh yeah we know what's going on here. Uh -huh. I mean, yeah, a statue, something. Mm -hmm. He's done so much for this team. And wherever he goes, whether it's Mexico, whether it's, like you said, wherever, he will always have a place in our hearts and he will always have a home and be welcome in the city of Atlanta. And yeah, I just, there's nothing else good you can say about him. Yeah, and, I mean, he, uh, well, I, I have a few things. I mean, uh, he has established greatness in this club uh, from the very get-go. I mean, he put us... Uh, kind of on the map to a degree because, you know... Uh, His hiring was so out of the blue. Exactly. He contacted the club. I yeah. mean. And, and it's one of those things where, you know, he's such a world-renowned manager. People really open their eyes if they hear, wow, you know, the former coach of, uh, you know, Argentina, the former uh, Barcelona coach, I mean, yeah, he's going to an MLS club and, you know, what, what's he going to do there? Like, uh, and, uh, you know, he must be washed up. He must be out of his mind and uh well I mean, what he, he did was exactly <laughs> what you know both arthur blank and darren eels have said over and over again he bought into a vision and then he brought that vision to life and he has set the foundation for what this club wants to become in the future he has created the history that this club is going to base its future success on its style of play what it means to the community that's Tata Martino, and mm. and you could see it today at the parade when he hits the golden spike and when he lifts the trophy. You know, you can see what it means to him, and yeah, I mean, for me, just Tata Martino, just, what a guy. Yeah, what, what a guy. What what a legend, and uh, just super grateful that he chose us. And uh, I mean, we have just a beautiful trophy to, to show for it. For yeah, sure. and I, and I think that kind of takes us nicely on to our next bit of news, which is a player yeah. that came to Atlanta United because of Tata Martino, uh -huh. and that's Miguel Almiron. Yeah, Miguel Almiron, you know, it's, uh, it's, he's somebody that, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, Tata told him that, yeah, I want you to come with me to Atlanta. Uh, I have a project that you, uh, you know, I really feel like you'd be a big part of, and uh, absolutely he was. Uh, this very well could be Miguel Miron's last match, um, and by all means, it probably should be because of uh, another rumor 
But uh, yeah, I mean, he's just a guy that just left everything out on the field when he was playing for us. Uh, just you know, MVP like numbers uh, in both seasons. He was definitely in the shout for for both uh, both seasons as well. I mean, a guy that uh, you know you could tell just loves playing football, and uh, you know that smile is infectious. The uh, just the smiling assassin. He just you know, kill teams and have a smile on his face doing it. And, uh, I mean, we just, I'm also just not, uh, I, I just, uh, I, I can't come to terms that we're going to lose him, but uh, I think we all have to come to terms that it's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And and we still don't know where he's going to go. Obviously, the rumor mill has been consistently swirling around him for a very long time. Newcastle, West time now. Which Where are, Wherever it is, you know, he's going you know, if he does leave, we will find out in the coming weeks. That being said, he did say after the game that he does expect to begin preseason training with Atlanta United in January. That will be before the winter transfer window closes in Europe. Whether he starts preseason training or not with the club, I firmly expect that he will not be at the club come that first CONCACAF Champions League game in Costa Rica. I, I think he will have found his way to Europe. That being said, if for some reason he is still at the club, whoever the manager is, is going to have a lot of options, but a very big job on his hands, keeping a lot of players happy. Right, for sure. But uh, him being in the preseason, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it might be politicking a little bit, uh, him saying that. I mean, trying to keep the uh, the, the fans a little happy and, uh, you I don't know, think, I mean, even coy. if he said, I'm leaving, I think everyone would be like, that's fine. We love you. Do what you want to do. Yeah. We're going to support for you regardless. He's in that kind of territory that's right true. now. And as a player, it's really tough to get to the hearts of people where you're saying, I'm leaving. And the people are like, that's fine. We love right. you. <laughs> and, and in two short years, nonetheless, where it's, yeah, it's a kind of a roller coaster. But, you know, it's, uh, uh, man, if, uh, if it... If it is uh, the end of days with uh, Miguel Miron, I mean, it's been a very beautiful ride. But uh, um, yeah, getting into uh, a bit of uh, kind of harsh to go, to go, sad yeah, news to go from to go from a high to, to a yeah. bit of a confusing low. For sure, it was uh, very much noticed by a lot of people that Andrew Carlson was not within the celebrations with the team, uh, especially at the MLS Cup final and with uh, the team at the parade. Uh, I mean, and so essentially, the, uh, the there was a team spokesperson that said that uh, you know because of uh, a violation of uh, just team rules and indiscipline that uh, he was suspended for the MLS Cup final and subsequently the uh, the celebrations, which uh, man, it just feels very harsh for the kid. The speculation. Uh, on the internet is that he was uh, partying the night before the MLS Cup final. Uh, he posted some stuff on Snapchat, and uh, Tata Martino just didn't like that. Uh, just you know, he uh, just sus- suspends him on the spot for that. And uh, I mean, you know, with the the Barco stuff earlier in the year, and uh, I mean, he's Tata Martino is a you know disciplined man. He's I a guess. no nonsense uh, type of guy. Yeah, I mean, he had just, laid the precedent kind of down for what right. was going to happen if off the field you weren't focused and yeah. and obviously we still don't know the full story yet and the news is still coming in so you know anything that we say is based on the reports that we have seen and mm-hmm. we've had some some quality reporters like Grant Wall reporting yeah. on this and you Jeff know, Carlisle, and Jeff Carlisle. Yeah. so you see these guys talking about it so you kind of are want to believe it because these mm-hmm. are reputable guys 
But, you know, we still fully don't know, but if you're out doing what he is allegedly have done, you know, partying the night before cup final, whether you're in the squad or not, you need to be with your teammates, you need to be focused and putting that on social media cannot be a great idea. Right. I, I don't know what the future holds for Andrew Carlton. Many, you know, are speculating if he will stay and remain with the club. Um, you know, he's a local guy. He's shown his, you know, his talent and, and the potential he has. I hope that he should get another chance. I think mm -hmm. he should get another chance to mm -hmm. prove his worth. And hopefully, you know, maybe this is a lesson, as harsh as it may be, that can help him turn into the player that he has the ability to become. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you you want to see him succeed again because he right. is that local kind of guy. But exactly, and that's the, the harsh part is that, you know, it's his hometown club and, you know, he's... He's not, uh, you know, suffered the 23 years, obviously, because he's not old enough, but he has seen the little bit of futility, and there is that aspect of, yeah, he would have, it would have been great for him to, to celebrate that with the rest of the boys, and it is, it just seems a little harsh, but, I mean, you understand, like, whatever he did, I mean, it must have been harsh enough to warrant this consequence, and yeah, you just feel for the kid, because, uh, I mean, maybe it makes him hungrier for uh, when he actually you know, gets his chance and he's the main cog in the team and, uh, you know, kind of barrels his team into a, a championship run. And getting into a little bit of quick hits of news, the MLS Cup final on Fox drew the highest rating since 98. It was uh, up 71% compared to last year's final. Ridiculous stuff. That was from Ian Thomas on Twitter. Uh, and the overnight ratings for the Fox Sports coverage of the MLS Cup, uh, yeah, the top 10 markets, 11.5 for Atlanta, Portland, 7.3, Milwaukee, 2.2. I mean, interesting stuff. Uh, we'll show this list. And yeah, I mean, it's uh, interesting people who are, you know, or cities that are watching this. Uh, it just means sure. that people were tuning in to watch the Five Stripes play. Yeah. And not only were they tuning in, but they were showing up as 73,019 fans poured into Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And you guessed it, set a record for yeah. attendance for the MLS Cup Final. Just another record as far as fans are concerned for Atlanta United. So fans, give yourself a pat on the back for showing up, being loud, being rowdy, and being proud. That was one hell of an atmosphere yeah. for that game on Saturday night. And honestly, I don't know if really too many teams in Major League Soccer could have come into that building with that backing for, for the five stripes right. and pulled a result Because the, the Timbers were definitely complaining. Atanella was complaining how loud it was and uh, that he couldn't hear uh, himself think and he couldn't talk to his teammates. He even advocated that it should be going back to a neutral location. Wow, that just speaks volumes. I that. definitely, yeah. I mean, I love, I, I think neutral locations are probably more fair, especially as far as Atlanta United are concerned. Probably. But who am I to care? Because yeah. I love that. Yeah, and, we and can it, keep, uh, we we can keep, keep it going it if we're and playing. As far as TV is concerned, wouldn't you want it there? Because it makes everything look oh, yeah. a lot better. Oh, for sure. We, yeah. we, we, we look pretty good. We yeah. look pretty good. So yeah, good job, guys. Well. Give yourself a, a pat on the back for everything. You guys have been great. The, the players have mentioned that as well, how important the fans are. And you can see what it meant to them in the post-game celebrations, yeah. how much it meant to them to win it for the fans. Yep. It's pretty good. Yep. It's pretty good. It ain't too bad. But, uh... You know, so uh, with that, with winning MLS Cup, Atlanta, they are getting into the Campionas Cup. And that uh, pretty much is the second edition of this competition. And it pits the champions of MLS soccer, or MLS rather, and uh, Mexico's Campeón de Campeones. 
And uh, it will be hosted by us on August 14th of 2019. It's a trophy. Maybe it's only two years old. We're only two years old. Yeah. I'd like to win it. Yeah, let's win some trophies. Let's uh, win some trophies. Then yeah. beating a team from Mexico. That makes us look pretty good, exactly. too. So let's let's put that in the cabinet as well, shall Plural we? Plural is good. I, I like uh, trophies, you yes. know. But, uh, yeah, so let's get into the rumors of this past week. and uh, Yeah, the big there's one. only one. There's only one, really, to start with on this For one. sure. And it's, it's uh, yeah. It was a pretty big game this weekend yeah. outside of Major League Soccer. And that was the Copa Libertadores final was finally played. There are two very interesting <laughs> names associated with Atlanta United from yep. that game. First one, First Pitty one, Martinez. Pitty Martinez scoring the cup-clinching goal at the end of that game for River Plate. Mm -hmm. He had some very, very interesting things to say after right. the game. And also, I mean, he got the ML or he got the MVP in that uh, in that competition as well. And so, I mean, it's uh, he's just basically a good he's player. the best player in South America right yeah. now. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> according to him, he might be coming to a city near you. Yeah, exactly. So he confirms uh, to TYC Sports in Argentina that uh, right after the match, he says, "Yeah, I'm no longer going to be playing with River Plate." Uh, and while well, he'll be playing the rest of the year, essentially, uh, with the, uh, the Club World Cup. But uh, essentially, yeah, he'll be joining Atlanta United uh, in January. And uh, that, that's what he, he said. And uh, I you think know, very what he said specifically when you get into his quote, he yeah. said, It's the club that trusted me. European teams did not trust their moment. I thought a lot with my family, with my representative. It's a league that grew a lot, and we hope to continue making history in that club. I mean, obviously the club itself haven't announced it yet from Atlanta United, mm -hmm. but to hear a player saying that, that, that the club believes in him, a club, mind you, that now currently does not have a manager, and he yep. is still willing to come here. And publicly, and publicly say saying that after <laughs> winning the biggest trophy of his life. Yeah. I mean, that says something. It shows that he has a desire to come here, mm -hmm. and you know, LGP has spoken about how he thinks he'll fit right in in Atlanta United. He even added him on uh, the IG story where he was watching the final, and he was uh, rooting for River Plate. Obviously, he's a former River Plate player. And uh, yeah, so funny stuff there. He's definitely rooting for Pity Martinez to come to Atlanta United. But uh, yeah, it did come out afterwards that uh, Darren Eels, I mean, I think it's a lip service, essentially. He's saying, yeah, I mean, he's uh, he said, uh, quote, I saw that people keep talking about this Pity Martinez, and he mentioned it himself. We've certainly got some irons in the fire, and we are always looking to improve the squad. When there's something official, we will announce it. Coy, as always, yes. Darren Eagles. <laughs> but uh, I don't think it's a, an Eagles rumor this time. I think uh, it probably will happen. It's just a matter of uh, there is that Miguel Miron player that's still with us in the three DPs. It's difficult to kind of... Uh, kind of roster maneuver this at the moment. So, But, I mean, still, technically speaking, the transfer window isn't even open. Yes. So I think you'll see all of these things formally taken care of and wrapped up in January. And I think, obviously, by that time, you'll have a new manager, which, funny enough, mm. brings us on to the losing side of right. that Copa Libertadores final and a certain manager for yeah. Boca Juniors. Right, GBS, uh, Guillermo Barros-Scoloto of uh, Boca Juniors. Uh, he pretty much said after the match that he would not be returning to Boca Juniors. He has had a pretty successful run there, but uh, I mean, I think, you know, he had, he made up his mind up uh, before this final and, you know, he, he lost it, obviously, but 
Um, I the intense pressure from the Boca Juniors fans. It's uh, it's very difficult. To, it's to probably manage the toughest job in this hemisphere is managing Boca Juniors because oh. they have an expectation, they have a rival, but they believe firmly that they should win every what? single game they ever play. Yeah. And Argentinian fans are insane. If you haven't seen footage from the River fans celebrating in Buenos Aires after yeah. that final whistle goes in Madrid. Do yourself a favor and look it up. Go on Copa 90. Scenes. They've got some Absolute really, scenes. really great video. In fact, they've got a great video with Ellie Mingham called Derby Days that if you don't know anything about South American football, watch the video they did on the Copa on the uh, uh, Copa Libertadores yeah. final and you'll understand that that is the most intense, mm -hmm. I think, that this sport can get. But I mean, it's known as the rivalry. It's known yeah. as the rivalry. It's probably <laughs> the biggest derby in world football. Yeah. And those are the two probably biggest jobs or clubs in a sense in this hemisphere. And you're talking about the best player for the winning team right. moving to Atlanta United and potentially the coach for the losing team, which isn't even a bad thing when you think of the competition we're talking about. At least being considered. Consider, being yeah. considered for Atlanta United. Atlanta right. United are going to the biggest clubs in this hemisphere and saying, we like what you have there. Would be a shame if someone took them to Major League Soccer. I mean, if that doesn't tell you what the intention and the desire of this club is, on the back of winning a championship, I mean, I don't know what else you need to see that their desire is to win and to keep winning every single year going into the future. Right, and so uh, obviously uh, they haven't interviewed with uh, GPS yet because yeah, I mean, you, uh, he's busy, you know, coaching a final, and uh, well, with that, I mean, he's finally uh, done with his uh, his service to the club, and now uh, we'll see if he is indeed the choice or if he's not. But uh, another guy that has been considered is uh, Jorge Sampali, and uh, you know, it's a guy that was reportedly interviewed on Sunday, and uh, we'll see how it actually went or not. Uh, I mean, it's. We'll see. I mean, it's a it's a situation that you know, um, you know, it's all developing. These are guys that they're all looking at, and uh, I think they're all divisive choices. Obviously, I mean, every one of those guys has uh, some good things and bad things about them. GBS maybe not the most most tactically sound, uh, but probably a good player manager uh, where he has a good relationship with uh, his players at hand. Jorge Sampaoli, probably the opposite, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think he's much more of a tactician, disciplinarian, you know, the whole, you know, someone, you know, acting like someone with their hair on fire, even though he has none. That's the kind of yeah. guy you get with Jorge Sampaoli. Right. Obviously, his most recent jobs haven't, well, Sevilla went okay, but we all kind of know what happened with Argentina this past season yeah. or this, this past World Cup. Mm -hmm. Um you know, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. Um, I, I'm firmly of the belief that the front office will make the best choice possible for the, for this appointment. You know, they, they haven't done anything to make me question them so far. They've shown they're going to do their due mm -hmm. diligence. And for me, it's just, and I think it's for everyone else, regardless of who the appointment is and what we think of them, it's our job to get behind them, mm -hmm. to back them, to be the fans that, that we've been for Tata Martino, right. and to get behind this team for whoever it is and whoever's pulling on that shirt next season. And that's that's something that, you know, this is the first time we're going to have to have that and embrace that change. And that's what we have to do is embrace that change. It's going to be a part of it, a part of this club's journey. As time goes on, we'll have to keep doing this. But you know, you can't complain too much when you have a president like Darren Eels, a technical director like Carlos Bocanegra, and especially an owner like Arthur Blank, mm -hmm. who demands excellence and demands success. 
and I think that's what we're going to keep looking on getting. Those celebrations after the match were just absolutely oh, so pain. many great yeah. moments from it. I mean, just yeah. so many little individual right. interactions, experiences, things yeah. that oh, it, it's. it's Amazing. Yeah, it, it was something that you know you're intently watching while you're uh, there, but also it came about on social media afterwards. You can't uh, catch all of, of it, you know. Yeah, it's difficult because yeah, you're you're there trying to celebrate with your uh, you know family, friends, uh, you know just anybody around you, and uh, you know try to soak everything all in, but. Um, you know, if you missed any of these, I mean, this is why we're here. We're gonna, you know, show you the best of uh, the the celebrations and the uh, the parade afterwards as well. But uh, I think the first one that stuck out to me was uh, Uncle Arthur when he was on the trophy stand, and uh, you know, you have Michael Parkhurst uh, raising up the, uh, the the trophy, and he just right in front of them is like conducting the orchestra or the team. I mean, it's just. Uh, it, it, man, it, Uncle Arthur is like just a you know. He's the owner you want to have. He's the yeah. owner that other people you just see the are jealous that you have because yeah. they want someone who's that invested in it. And when mm -hmm. you just hear Arthur Blank speak about the team yeah. and what it he means and how how this. how much what he cares about is the joy that this team brings to the community. Mm -hmm. I mean. What more do you want from an owner? I mean, he's yeah. a billionaire who owns yeah. two sports teams, and his primary thing is bringing happiness to other people. Right. He's as good of a person as a billionaire can be, I and, feel and, like. And <laughs> what, the reason he created Atlanta United has been fulfilled, and he wants to keep doing it. I mean, at, at the present, at the ceremony, whatever you want to call it, you know, for, yeah. the, for the parade today, yeah. you know, he, he made it very clear. He doesn't want just one. He wants to keep winning trophies, and he wants to bring on more. Mm -hmm. And I mean, again, just what else can you say about the guy, top to bottom? Just absolute, absolute unit. Mm -hmm. I think one thing though for me that that was very interesting that happened kind of before the whole cup raising part mm -hmm. was when the team came onto the stage. They already had their medals. Yeah, and that, I found that kind of weird for me it's because it's that, always yeah. it, that I kind of wanted to see is is you know the reaction is the reaction of Don Garber like being on the sand and the players individually walking up there and him putting the medal on their on their heads and then presenting the trophy. Exactly. That's something that I, I wish we could have seen because it's that moment of having that medal put over their right. head and then that lifting especially, of the trophy as a moment. Especially you know? a guy like Michael Parkhurst who on his fifth time of trying finally wins the MLS Cup. I mean, that's just, uh, I'm sure the emotions were overcome at that point. Uh, I mean, and you could tell and you could see a lot of the uh, emotion come out after they had won. Uh, you know, a lot of the guys had uh, a little bit of a, uh, you know, some some teary eyes uh, because they knew what it means, not just for them, but the, what it means to everybody uh, watching and uh, just anybody part of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, and the great part is Gressel, you know, uh, when he gets the trophy, he lifts it up and then he rushes right directly towards the supporter section and uh, you know raises up for the fans and just big raucous cheers all around. One of the things I noticed when I watched the game back and I'm watching the trophy celebration is is right before he does that, I think it's like a Tito Bijal when some of the other players start pointing at the supporters section yeah. like, hey, we need to take this over to them. Absolutely. I think one of the, the, the funniest things though that happened even before 
Julian Gressel runs off is is LGP running and doing some sort of like flip spin perfect side. He, he was really smooth rolling onto the stage. Uh -huh. It's like rolling into, you had a great, great gif of it. Just stuck the landing, oh, but then it then was kind of slips it and then, after, but yeah. keeps it, holds it firm. <laughs> oh, it was, uh, it's a great it's gif. Funny. It was it's like a, there. it was like a, like a, a wrestling into the ring slide. Uh, yeah, exactly. If you think of WWE, but, uh, someone yeah. running down the ramp and sliding into the ring, it yeah. reminds of that. It's, it's on our social media platforms. If you haven't yeah. seen it, it's a great gif. Funny. Oh, it's just stuff. funny stuff from a funny guy. Yeah, oh. I mean, he, uh, he he's a guy that, I mean, all the celebrations, uh, you know, he's in there just, uh, there's just something funny that he's doing all, all over. So it's just, uh, uh, you know, I think he's a person to focus on when, uh, you know, if we do win any more, uh, more trophies. But um, yeah, and uh, in, the, in the locker room afterwards, there was, uh, a well-deserved champagne bath for Uncle Arthur, and uh, I mean, he's just the—he's just a, a cute elderly man. I feel like when he's uh, just taking it there, just, he just—he <laughs> had that, and you had the uh, the little like two-second Twitter video that they put out, where he yeah. has a little newspaper, and he's just like, woo, and he just makes this yeah, right. funny noise, and I'm like, what is this noise coming from him? And then that turns right around into him in the locker room, just like, yeah, right. spraying all the champagne, just spraying all, all yeah, over. Yeah. And I mean, you can see how much the players love him as well, and for right. the players to love the owner that it is yeah. everything just makes these players feel at home and guys something else atlanta have been waiting 23 years for happened today on monday and that was a championship parade or really what became more of a supporters march than a parade yeah it was absolute <laughs> scenes today yeah i mean you know people started rushing into the uh, actual parade itself and it just, uh, yeah, it morphed into something that I think we're all accustomed to. Uh, I mean, we're all used to just really taking over the streets and, uh, you know, just chanting, shouting, uh, just doing everything that we do at a at an Atlanta United match. And uh, I just yeah. love how the fact that as the bus moved along the route, everyone that it passed eventually, you know, came in behind it. And it was almost, you know, we were walking talking about it, Walking Dead-esque. It's this horde of people around the bus just following it, throwing stuff at the players, whether Trying it was, sign, you know, things uh, that were getting autographed or, you know, whether it was, in some players' cases, booze they were asking for. Jeff Lorenowitz. Jeff Lorenowitz. Uh, he had a sign that said, throw booze, uh, just written on this little cardboard piece of paper or a cardboard, uh, you know, box thing. And, uh, yeah, I mean... It's a. Uh, it is something that's uh, kind of almost out of character for Jeff Lorenz because oh, he was having a guy, great time for sure. He yeah. was very let, let, letting loose and laying back. <laughs> yeah, and having a you great can see time. in this video, uh, you know that he gets thrown a rowdy and proud beer, and uh, he and McCann, the two gingers, they uh, they chug it, and uh, really uh, just out of character, but really funny stuff that uh, that you just it's atypical. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, but I mean. This, the crowds that were surrounding the, the street, the bus got blocked for a little while. They had to yeah. move the people to get it there. I mean, they were just, it, it was just great scenes. And this just. This is all it, for, it was, for it, soccer for in soccer Atlanta. For soccer in Atlanta. In a, in a, or soccer in Atlanta in the United States. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, it was this. It's a great representation. Celebration, sure. though, of yeah. everything. Everyone in the streets singing, the players singing from the bus, yeah. having a great time, throwing things. I mean, in some players' cases, Tito Bijalba getting a drum. Yeah, from La Dolce, <laughs> uh, the L. He started to start it. Uh, Banging know, on that. He's on, the on beat. Yeah, he's on beat. Yeah. I mean, singing the, 
you know, stopping everyone crouching down and uh, doing the sha la la and jumping and going wild. I mean, felt I was feeling the the, the road was shaking in front of the Georgia yeah. World Congress Center. I don't know. <laughs> I legitimately it, 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 felt worried. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it experienced something like that yeah. ever before. Because it's parking garages underneath, and exactly. so it's probably not the most solid. Well, but you know what? We did it anyway. It was incredible, <laughs> and then you know. You have all of that, and it leads into this incredible yeah. ceremony held in the Home Depot backyard. Wow, that really became very useful right there. Yeah. Um, and, and it was just some great speeches from some great people. Mm -hmm. Even though it started really, the rain started coming down just like on Saturday. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it, it was just such a celebration. This For just. Sure positive vibe from everywhere and it was just you know kind of like joseph martinez said atlanta means family and i think this team has helped yeah. make atlanta you know one big family and has brought everyone together mm -hmm. and you saw that from from everyone and every you know yeah, from, they from tisha see. bottoms to nathan deal to uncle arthur saying you know we want many more trophies uh yeah and to uh you know uh, a person that my favorite mic drop of the entire afternoon, it was Darren Eels. Of course it was. Yeah, leaving it off with uh, something from an outcast legend, Andre 3000, at the uh, at the awards, uh, I, I believe it was the Source Awards, um, you know, in the 90s, and he pretty much said, the South's got something to say, and that's all I got to say. He didn't, he couldn't drop the, the mic at that point, because it was, you know, kind of connected to a podium, but pretty much I imagined him dropping it and it was just, just a beautiful beautiful moment because yes absolutely atlanta has spoken and we have won mls cup Man, it feels so good to say that it feels really 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 good yeah. and guys we know you've been listening to just bang on so we're gonna start bringing this thing to a close but for me and him we've been telling you how it went for us when that game ended but that's gonna take us into our question of the day and for me, it's a pretty simple, straightforward question. We want to really hear from you guys. What was the first thing you did when that final whistle sounded and the championship drought came to an end and whatever curses Atlanta sports had were exercised and killed? What was that first thing you did when you finally got to experience that moment? Get down in the comments below. Let us know what you had to experience, what you guys think, and we really look forward to reading them and sharing those experiences with you guys. So guys, that's it for us today. It has just been beautiful at your service, uh, talking about Atlanta United for the entire season in this cup winning run. It certainly makes the video easier when all you get to do is talk about your team winning the championship yeah thank you atlanta united thank you to the players thank you to the front office thank you to uncle arthur thank you to the fans for coming out consistently showing atlanta showing the nation showing the world what atlanta united means to this city and what it can mean and what soccer can mean to this country mm. guys your wait's over your watch is over You've got a championship. Atlanta United are 2018 MLS Cup champions. What was that again? 2018 <laughs> MLS Cup champions. Yes. Let's get that star over the crest. Indeed, I can't wait. But uh, from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you guys so much for your support. We have so much more content to come. So remember to subscribe if you haven't already. Smash that like button. Share this video because it really does help us a lot. And... For Tanner McLeod, I'm AJ. Thank you guys so much for watching. MLS Cup Champions, yes. come on, son! Yes.